How can regular working people like us, how can we fix our broken financial system to redirect the wealth and power of big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich to us regular working people without relying on politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. Love, it is the most powerful force in the universe. When I said that statement, how did you react to it? Did you nod your head in agreement? If so, why? Why do you think love is the most powerful force in the universe? And can you explain it in detail to somebody else? Perhaps when I said that, you cringed. Well, why did you cringe? Do you think it's some naive point of view? Well, it could be both. It could be naive and it could be true. I don't know. But I want to find out. And that is why I started this company. To find out if love is truly the most powerful force in the universe. Because if it is, then we can absolutely fix our broken financial system. We can do just about anything if love is the most powerful force in the universe. But that begs another question. Well, what is love? How do you define it? And to answer that question, I think really what we need to do is look at some of the masters of love. Now, having grown up in the United States, you cannot help but being around in a Judeo-Christian environment. And although I didn't regularly go to church, I did celebrate Christmas and I'm very familiar with uh, Jesus's teaching on love, which is simply to, um, to not judge others, to forgive others, and to love others like you would ourselves. And I had to think about that one and, and read some more of his teachings, but it, it to me, that means you respect others the same way you would respect yourself. Uh, the Buddha, he has uh, four um, principles of love, which are loving kindness, um, appreciative joy, um, something called equanimity, and uh, also compassion. And an important point that the Buddha makes is that it's, it's given freely without conditions. Um, now, if you look at some of the ancient philosophers teachings on love, uh, such as Aristotle, uh, his definitions are similar and that love must be given freely uh, without conditions or, or, or personal gratification that's involved. There is no uh, justification that's needed for love. Uh, Jesus taught that 
the Buddha taught that, and even modern philosophers such as Don Miguel Ruiz also teaches that. And in, his, in Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Mastery of Love, uh, he defines love as one of two base emotions. And essentially, uh, he teaches that it's unconditional acceptance and unconditional respect. It kind of blends uh, the Buddha and Jesus and, and Aristotle and, and many other uh, masters of love beliefs into this uh, a very concise definition unconditional acceptance and unconditional respect now i know in the past i i wouldn't want to respect someone because then i would think that i'm condoning their behavior well you can respect someone and not condone their behavior respect because we have no idea i have no idea of what a person whose a, a behavior i don't condone i don't know why they acted in that way why they behaved in that way i have no idea of their life experiences i have no clue of the different perspectives um the experiences that they they went through and how they perceived the world I don't even have, you know, we all have different eyes and brains. So how we process information is, is completely different. And so from this point of view, it's easy to respect someone's point of view, their, their perspective, because we have no clue why they, why they uh, came to these conclusions, why they behave that way. So it's, it's easy to, um, to respect when you look at it, at it from, from that angle, and if you perceive it in a different way than I just said, well, I respect that. Unconditional acceptance. Now, this was also difficult for me because I thought if you accepted something, it meant that, um, or accepted uh, someone, it, it meant that uh, they didn't need to be held accountable for their actions. Well, this isn't, this also isn't true. You could accept someone, uh, you could accept that what they did, um, but you don't have to think that they should just be able to uh, continue to behave in a certain way uh, and not have, uh, be responsible for, for their actions. So unconditional acceptance and unconditional respect um, it, it doesn't mean that um, you're, you're just allowing people to walk all over you. It, it doesn't mean that um, you shouldn't be proactive in, in how you want to um, change the world. In fact, it's the opposite. It means you should be proactive in, in, in wanting to change the world. And, and, and so if we define love as unconditional acceptance and unconditional respect, then what is the opposite of that? Well, that's force and disrespect. Um, and if we want to fix our broken financial system and we try and do it 
with uh, force and disrespect, then we are not using the power of love. We're using something else. To me, that sounds like political action, uh, forcing others to behave in a certain way um, and uh, criticizing and disrespecting their, their way of doing things. Now, using the power of love, that means we accept it. Okay, yes, I accept that uh, our financial system has these huge unfair advantages that big banks and uh, you know, powerful corporations and the super rich have. Namely, uh, for, for since the beginning of capitalism, um, these institutions and super wealthy people um, were, were able to dictate which companies were, were uh, formed, um, they were able to uh, make the rules on who gets loans and, and who do, uh, who doesn't, um, and and so it, and it, and it kept it that way. Uh, and in the United States, after the Great Depression and uh, the, the all the fraud that took place in the 1920s with with the stock market and with investors, um, the federal government. Uh, they, they made laws, the, the Securities Act, to um, prevent uh, regular working people from investing in something called the private market. Now, it wasn't defined as the private market until much later, but that's essentially what it was. So regular people no, no longer were allowed to invest in companies at the ground floor, in, in startup companies. Uh, regular people weren't allowed to participate in uh, mass lending in in uh, to to commercial lending, um, and it w the the general public, regular working people, were completely locked out, um, and they even came up with a. Uh, a designation for for people with enough money, something called an accredited investor. So these are um, people who either make two hundred thousand dollars a year uh, for the last two years as a single person, three hundred thousand dollars a year for the last two years as a couple, or an accredited investor has a million dollars cash in the bank. So. Big banks, well, they easily qualify. They have well over, you know, bill, you know, billions of dollars. Even small banks have millions of dollars. Um, powerful corporations, yeah, that's that's an easy uh, qualification. Um, and so they're able to um, invest in companies uh, based on well, greed, in, in a sense. Because what corporations, traditional corporations, they have a for-profit motive and they only have one responsibility and that is to uh, maximize profit for their shareholders. Now, this is a legal uh, responsibility. It's called fiduciary duty. And uh, shareholders in the past if they think that their corporation 
isn't upholding this fiduciary duty to make them as much money as possible, then they can sue them and uh, force the corporation to do this. Um, again, here's that word force. So um, what we see is corporations, they, they, they report these quarterly earnings. And if their earnings aren't more than their last quarter, then their stock prices go down and people sell. And, and so to me, and in every definition I've looked up as, as greed, it, it means that you're never satisfied from what you've achieved. You're always trying to get more and more. And this is exactly what uh, the traditional corporation is set up to do. It's not that they're evil. This is just how they were set up to, to maximize profit, always to get more, always to get more. So it's, it's greed-based and it, it's just been perpetuating uh, over you know, last hundred years or so, it's, it's, um, this is the habit that, that it's, it, that it's, it's not just a habit. It's their purpose. Their purpose is greed. Um, it's inherently greedy. That's, that's the purpose. Uh, and big banks, well, they're also traditional corporations. And so they'll, they'll fund, uh, companies and projects that exploit us regular working people, um, because again, it's trying to maximize profit. So, so this is, this is a, a, a obviously this is a problem. This is, it, this looks like the reason why we're in this mess, uh, because of this purpose of, of, of greed, which leads to explo exploitation. None of it is unconditional acceptance and unconditional respect. Okay. So how do we fix it? How do we, how do we fix a broken financial system by using this love? Well, as I said earlier, it's, it's by accepting and respecting. That means you're not trying to force any change to happen. It's about being the change. Now, how do you be the change? Well, that's a great question. And the truth is, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but through my own life experience and from the journey that I have taken from uh, being a victim of fraud in 2008 and the learning experience from it and, and how I grew and, and I, I thought political action was the way to go, volunteering for the Obama campaign and then just seeing all this arguing and, and blaming going on and and just wanting to insult and and force others to do something and if if we couldn't pass laws to to force uh, change then we would shame and try to socially you know ostracize uh, people um, to to force uh, a, a change to happen. None of that is love, not from any definition that I could find from, from any of the masters of love. None of that is love. And it doesn't seem like it works either. All from, from my point of view is just creating 
more resentment, more anger, more hatred, uh, violence. So how do, how do we change it? Well, as I mentioned, this private market, something huge happened in 2012. Uh, the private market was deregulated and it went into effect in 2015, allowing regular working people access via crowdfunding. Okay, so crowdfunding, uh, there's a crowd investing. Um, there's different ways to crowd invest. You could be a crowd lender, you could uh, equity crowdfund in, in startup companies, you can uh, crowdfund real estate. Now, how is being a crowd funder uh, being the change? How, how do you be the change by, by, by crowdfunding? Well, you're accepting and respecting others. You accept that this is the way. And instead of trying to force a bank to uh, not exploit uh, their customers um, and uh, their economy, instead you become a lender. And with the power of crowd lending, that means us regular working people can unite and become the change. And we don't have to lend to exploitative companies or projects. In fact, we can be quite profitable lending to regular people, lending to small businesses, uh, lending to uh, communities, uh, lending to projects that we care about, companies that we care about. That's how we can be the change. And when we become uh, lenders, then we're competing with this old system of of big banks. We're competing with them. And, and when you compete and when you uh, become a, a, a crowd lender, now the market has to react to us. We're no longer reacting to the market trying to force it. Now the market must react to us. We're giving loans to, to people who want to do good. As a crowd lender, that's what I want to do. So the market now has to react to that. And well, what happens is, is people want to get loans. And so, yeah, and inherently, I, I believe that most of us want to do good and, and want to um, live in peace and, and want to love. And this, this is the way, from my own point of view, on, on how to be the change uh, to fix our broken financial system using love. And, you know, it's an exciting time to be alive, to, to be able to live in this transitionary period where we can be the change and where future generations look back on, on this time and, and say, thank you. Thank you for for doing it this way for for fixing our our broken financial system to now um for these our, our future generations our, our children and our grandchildren to live in a in a world that has an a, a free market economy that looks out for the well-being of ourselves each other 
and our planet's finite resources. And there's no confrontation, there's no conflict, there's just love. Uh, and, and that's the power of love. Now, I want to finish with this. Um, uh, uh, there was a lie that I used to tell myself. And it was that I didn't care what other people thought about me. And this, this was a lot, it, it helped me kind of um, move past hurtful things that would pe that people would say or, or do to me, oh, I don't care about them. I don't care what they say. I don't, I don't, I don't care. But that that's a lie. I, I do care. Um, because I love. Um, I care because I love. And the the big shift in thinking for me that the paradigm shift was not not to be not to care what others think, but not to be afraid of what others think of me. That is the power of love. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor, and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know how to fix our broken financial system democratically without protesting or divisive political action, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.